Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, we are so lucky to have Sharon Eunice with us. She is the founder and CEO of Water Bear Planet. She's going to tell you a little bit about. So, uh, Sharon, it's so nice to have you here today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So why don't we dive right in? And uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what Water Bear Planet is and how you decided to start on this journey as an entrepreneur? Sure, absolutely. Water Bear Planet is wellness experience studio in essence. We come up with different services and live experiences that help people immerse in a more calm, relaxed state to help bring them from stress and fight, flight, and freeze to rest and digest. We help people to relax and decompress. We're recording this in the midst of corona. We've been doing a lot of work helping people online through our Oasis online classes, which are basically geared towards connecting people with nature through auditory immersions with live DJ nature soundscapes. The whole point is to take us from feeling really, really stressed to less stressed to maybe even feeling much better and inspired. It's whatever we're working towards in our lives. That's our main focus right now are these online immersions. I started Water Bear Planet because I recognized a need living in the middle of New York City, having lots of friends and family, working really, really hard, noticing that everyone is really amped up a lot of the time. And it's important to carve out moments to prioritize hey, you know what? We don't need to be doing the New York Minute all the time. (laughs) It's probably not the healthiest. And it's Mm -hmm. definitely a pace of life that once you leave the city, it kind of drops off. You're like, oh, okay, so we don't have to move this fast. And I think it's important to have perspective. And nature is probably one of the most, you know, obviously we're part of nature. We're human animals. And it's important to stay in touch with that. And sometimes it's hard to do that when you're in the midst of your day-to-day. So initially... And originally, I created Water Bear Planet to help people remember their connection with nature, even when they're in the middle of their busy, 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 hectic lives, to help them start a journey of exploration of who they are in relation to the natural world, what it means to them personally, what it feels like to be a little more relaxed, to have an exploration of what choices we make when we're able to tap into um, a more relaxed state, you know, what kind of creative ideas come to us? How do we choose to take care of ourselves physically and mentally and emotionally? Everything revolves around that purpose, um, whether it's an online class or a physical immersion a, a installation that we do. So I want to tell everyone, first off, that we actually were able to experience some of your classes. So Katina and I both took different classes. Um, and I very, very much enjoyed it. So I'm glad you were able to share with everybody what it is that you do. And the class that I took, you know, virtual, um, Sharon is the best Thank nature you. DJ ever. And um, you're welcome. And uh, it was so relaxing. It was very helpful right now while I've been stuck at home. And, you know, I've been getting outside here and there, but you don't really have as many options as you normally do. And it was just a really peaceful moment it was very immersive um versus being you know I'm walking down the street where there's still like sidewalk and cars driving by and it's not like the same feeling as how I felt when I closed my eyes and pictured myself in the forest that we were walking through it was beautiful I loved it um so on that note 
I wanted to ask you a little bit about like what it is about that connection with nature that's good for you and why that immersion really helps. What have you seen in terms of that and how do you how do you feel that that's important for people? Yeah, so yeah, you came to the forest class, that's right. And you take a moment and remember those moments where you feel most calm and most at ease. And most people will say it's like some place that has a natural component to it. Studies have shown that restorative natural environments are intrinsically soothing for people. They're very calming. I think it speaks to just that's our biology. We need that. We're sensory creatures. And sometimes the human landscape doesn't really offer that, particularly very modern landscapes. They're concrete and angular and very rigid. And nature has has a lot of diversity in it. You know, obviously, you can think about all the animals and plants and species on the earth, but just in terms of your sensory experience is much more full in a natural setting. Your, your eyes can can gaze softly at the, you know, the fractal patterns in various parts of nature, like trees, or you could look up at the sky, and there's always things that are in motion and are, are dynamic. And so I think nature really... It is a multi-sensory experience. We are sensory beings. So, you know, feeling the wind on your face, hearing the different sounds, the smells in the air just offers a lot more. One example that comes to mind for me is I live near the Hudson River. And for a long time, they kind of let things get overgrown in this one area. And it was beautiful. It may have not been native species or what they wanted in terms of their original planting scheme. But what it did give rise to was a diversity of insects and birds and sound. In the peak of summer, you would hear so much buzzing and humming and, you know, bird sounds of different kinds. It was just this brilliant activity of lushness along the Hudson River. And then more recently, in the last couple of years, they finally got to putting in their original scheme, which is basically one kind of grass. And so now if you're down there in the summer, there's no longer that diversity of sound and color and creatures. They're just not there in the same amounts that they were before. That kind of speaks to how people will design landscapes. We like to control things and and make them just so, and that's part of how our brains work. We have this idea and we set it forth, but it's not necessarily a flowing, wild, natural state, which actually is what nourishes us. So in terms of the work that I do with what you experienced, Patricia, I work with the sense of sound in those online classes. So I'm really paying attention to all the different sounds that could be passing through on a walk in the forest or as you're sitting by a creek in a forest, what might you experience? And so I really pay very close attention to um, diversity of sound, to creating variance in the sound. And in doing so, it helps simulate an environment that feels appealing generally, depending on your experience in forests. <laughs> if you had a bad experience in the forest, you might have a different relationship mm-hmm. to it. But yeah, that's kind of the kind of sums up why I feel immersions are important versus like a human landscape, which is why walking down the street is going to be a bit of a different experience. Although if you're paying attention very, very carefully to what is there, whether it's just the sky or whether it's the breeze moving through a tree, um, it may not be as encompassing as an immersion, but you can make it that way if you pay attention. So part of what I do in these experiences is to help people to start to listen and to pay attention and to 
notice what's happening around them, which is an element of mindfulness as well. So I have a question about uh, everything you're talking about is really fascinating. Mm -hmm. And before we hop into how this might affect your work productivity, since, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're always interested in how does this impact the workplace? Mm -hmm. How did you start to get to be so good about noticing all of these sounds and elements like I think about most people walking through New York City, most people in a natural place. I think that you feel a certain sense of calmness, like you're saying, or a certain mm-hmm. sense of, um, you know, relaxation. But I would never, for example, like think like, well, what's that sound? What's that sound? What's that sound? <laughs> so there must be some element of of you or your personality or an experience you had that led you to start paying more attention to these sounds. And I, I'm just as you're talking, I got curious about yeah. that. And I'm wondering if you if it was like a specific thing. Hmm. Well, the first thing that comes to mind again is being in Manhattan um, in this very dense urban environment, even though there is quite a bit of greenery depending on where you are on the side streets. I mean, some neighborhoods are more than others. Um, I happen to live within walking distance of Central Park and the river. And so I think think that I wasn't always interested in sound in quite this detailed way. But what I recognized is that having come from Southern Oregon for a few years before I came back to New York and was immersed in nature there, and I've had other places where I was immersed in nature, coming back to Manhattan can be a bit of a shock from a nature experience standpoint. Uh, It can be like someone once said to me, yeah, it's like being a vegetarian in a steakhouse. Like you'll find something to eat, but you have to look for it. <laughs> so it's same thing with finding nature. You have to pay attention like it's here. You can find it. You just have to be more deliberate about it. So I think there's definitely people who live in the city have such a hunger to connect with nature. I mean, not everyone does, but if they don't, they and they get out, go on a hike, and realize how amazing it is. And when you come back in, you start looking for it. So what I found was I had spent a lot of time sitting along the bank of the Hudson River and straight above me is the West Side Highway. It's this loud sound and actually the times where it's most packed, let's say the mad rush before Thanksgiving when it's bumper to bumper traffic, it's quiet. So that's the best time to be out by the river. But what I ended up learning from a sound standpoint was I started tuning out the traffic, the sounds of the bump, bada bump, bada bump, and the all of that, what you can imagine a highway sounds like above you, and started paying attention to the lapping of the waves on the Hudson. It's a compartmentalization, essentially. I got really good at just separating it out so I could enjoy being at the river, even though this highway was roaring above me. So I think it probably started there as far as me paying attention to sound. And then as I you know, would go back out into nature after having been in the city for a while. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot the sound that a little stream makes in the forest. It's amazing. Or someone recommended to me once, hey, like play nature sounds in your apartment. And I said, oh, yeah. And it was really cool. (laughs) So I think just playing around and trying to bring in nature in any way I could when I got back to the city, probably part of what kicked it off for me. That's awesome. Thanks. It is really interesting how it was you were put in a situation Mm -hmm. where you were living in nature and then coming back from that is what struck you the most. So I think that's really interesting. Um, 
from the perspective of other people that live Mm -hmm. in really populated urban cities to think about, you know, if you haven't been in that situation, what are you missing? And what maybe, you know, spending a little bit extra time out there and seeing how that impacts you could be important. That's right. Or you've had that experience and you've forgotten. I've had plenty of classes where people will say, you know what, I had forgotten what a lake sounds like. And I love it so much. I actually prefer it more than the ocean. Like those are the kind of waves that I like. So it's interesting when you are in such a high dense urban setting where the sounds are either the subway, cars, maybe the occasional bird, lots of people honking. You forget about all the other sounds because they're just not present in your immediate environment. Um, You have to go to the ocean to hear the ocean. You have to go to the forest to hear the forest. So I think part of the evolution of my work here with Water Rare Planet was, well, what if I could bring these soundscapes to people? Yeah. And part of it was... I think that's great. Thank you. And I think, you know, there was one other piece. A few years ago, I I connected with this group. um, I think they're called Ear to the Earth, and they went to one evening of their symposium down by NYU and they had recordings of nature and I was fascinated by it. I'm like, Oh, this feels so good. And I didn't do anything with it until, you know, maybe a couple of years ago in my own way. But I think that was part of it, that recognition and remembering. Hmm. That's really, really cool. Yeah. As you were talking, it just seems like you have such a keen ear for it. And as Patricia said, and I really enjoyed my class as well, you are clearly talented at mixing the sounds. So you must, hear them in a way that's different but it also seems like you pay more attention um I know that you've made uh you know nature and listening to the sounds of nature part of your business but for people who are listening and who go to work every day maybe in a job where they don't have as much access to nature um how might changing that around and finding some time to become more immersed in nature positively impact their work productivity or what are your thoughts on that when you are able to be connected with nature, it sets you in a more positive emotional state, which is always a good starting place for anything that you do, whether it's interacting with your colleagues or, you know, you're diving into a creative project at work or you just have things to do. There's lots of research for years that have shown that, you know, just having something green to look look at either outside or having a plant in your office will make a difference for how you feel and it will improve your ability to focus be more effective in your in what you're doing. Nature sounds, you know, it's another way to connect with the natural world. Kind of a, a new, less explored path for that, although you can imagine, you know, me- listening to certain music or certain backgrounds, you know, make you feel more productive. Um, and it, you know, helps to, you know, lower your blood pressure, lower stress. I think we do our best work. You know, some stress is good, but excessive stress can shut us down a little bit. I think that nature is super important personally to an individual. It's good to bring that in any way you can. Yes, definitely stress. You know, we talk about this all the time that being stressed and being burnt out obviously impacts your productivity and your wellness overall and performance, all those things that, you know, employees are are thinking about. You know, you don't want to be in a situation where you are doing worse in your job because of stress and other factors like that. And, um, and to your point, I think that there's a lot of different ways that people can try to manage their own stress. And this is another Mm -hmm. way that is super interesting. And honestly, we talk about Mm -hmm. mindfulness a lot. And you mentioned mindfulness earlier. 
And I think that there's something unique Mm -hmm. about the sound piece. So Katina and I talk about mindfulness a lot. And I know, Katina, you've mentioned that sometimes when it's Mm -hmm. quiet, it's Mm -hmm. not the easiest for you. And I actually think that the mindfulness with the sound and the the nature sounds in the background was really impactful for me. And I enjoyed it a lot more than just... um, the silent meditations mm-hmm. and that's maybe that's just the way my brain works but, but I'm sure there's other people like that and you know I feel like I was able to clear my mind more than when I had nothing in the background so like I could focus on the calm and the, the sounds and and try to clear my mind the best way I can and it helped me it was like a support like almost like a like a crutch that helped me get to that that phase mm-hmm. in mindfulness more than it would have otherwise. So I think that there's something interesting there where we know mindfulness and all of that research behind it is super important, but people really struggle, especially when they first get in on that journey. And I think this is a unique way to help. Absolutely. And it's interesting you mentioned um, versus doing silent meditation. And Katina, the class that you came to was a pilot for our silent meditation. That was, we were playing around with using nature sounds as a way to get started and then move into a silent experience within that. And it does have a different effect. And Katina could talk more about her experience there. But with respect to having the sound support, I've heard that before from other participants and that's totally on point. I mean, you know, the way I mix the sounds and the way I create the experience, it's meant to be transporting. And in that it feels like you're getting out of where you are. It's providing something for your mind to focus on in a soft way. And that makes sense why it would be easier for you to be more present. And in fact, nature experiences, being in nature isn't, you know, again, unless it's a distressing experience, um, generally when it's a restorative experience, it's going to put you in a more positive emotional state, which is what Oasis Online is designed to do. Yeah, I feel that um, since my class had the silent meditation in between, um, it was definitely more, uh, I think it was like, for me, it seemed like it would be really even more impactful for someone who is very skilled at meditating because um, your mind can bounce around a lot. But then I know you also have the, um, the sort of ethos that you know, your mind can be doing something. You can be thinking of creative thoughts or you can be journaling or you can Mm -hmm. be, um, you know, uh, doing art Mm -hmm. or whatever. So I know that the the purpose of your silent portion isn't just to keep your mind from bouncing around. Mm -hmm. It's also to, if that's what you need, that's fine, but um, that you can also be using the time in other ways. And so I could see um, the silence also being helpful for for thinking things through. Mm -hmm. Um, and leaving space for those ideas. So I think it's interesting that we each had different class experiences. We both enjoyed them very much. And I would love to try like the other Mm -hmm. version and just like compare how I feel in it because, um, I'm sure they have different effects. Yeah. I mean, definitely (laughs) come again. I enjoyed running both classes and it was, it was interesting to see the difference in people's experience between the two. I think there can be a bit of a different focus in them. As you were mentioning, you were just saying that it, these classes are multi-purpose. Mindfulness is not doesn't look any one way. It just means being present. And you know, they talk about mindful moments, and it could be when you're cooking and you're in the zone, or you're doodling and you're in the zone. And there's not one way to define it. 
part of the ethos, like you said, is to give people choice and agency and how they experience their moment and their time and how they focus whatever's going to feel best to them, which only supports mindfulness. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that speaking about what Katina's saying, trying a different class, like it would be interesting to to do something different in a class. So I think there's a lot of opportunity in your classes to explore what mm-hmm. works best for you. Is it a quiet meditation? Is it journaling? Is it something else? And I, I think that the ability to, to take that time as your own is empowering and also related to wellness. You know, a big part of why I do what I do is to promote self-care in a simple, gentle way. So this is all all part of it. And as you both experienced, you know, it's important to think incrementally about what you can do to take care of yourselves during class, but then afterwards and how that, you know, rolls into the rest of your life. So in terms of wellness as an entrepreneur or as an employee or as someone who's managing other people, you know yourself better than anyone else does. And being in nature is going to help you being connected to nature will support that you showing up as your best self at work uh, at the same time focusing taking the time and saying okay I'm gonna do three things this week to to support myself or one thing and I'm gonna see how it goes and I'm gonna play with it it can be hard to be motivated sometimes to follow through because I do think that you know part of why you all are doing worker being and the work that you do uh, professionally apart from worker being is you know, there's a culture of workplace wellness, which needs a lot of work. <laughs> Curious to hear more about, you know, how, how do you promote that effectively? It's always an individual decision at the end of the day, but it needs to be supported. And so there's, it's a, it's a dance of, you know, changing culture around, you know what, I do need to take care of myself. This is important. These 20 minutes, I'm taking them for myself, you know, and that's a benefit to the organization, to the team, to my life. Yeah, definitely. And and I, I think the research that um, we've presented supports that very much that, you know, you can have all the available benefits in the world, but if people don't know that they're available or they don't recognize them as beneficial or they don't feel like they have time to use them, um, they go by the wayside. So the culture has to support the practice. Um, so everybody's busy and you've been talking about, you know, being in the middle of Manhattan and like hustle and bustle. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you recommend for people who are in jobs where, you know, it's a nine to five, mm-hmm. they might not be in a supervisory or managerial position. Maybe they have less control over their schedules or their work conditions. What tips or tricks would you suggest that people do in order to try to get a little bit more nature in their day? Well, I think the first most important thing is to make a decision about that. So if you feel like, you know, gosh, I really, I need this. Yes, I need I need to be have more nature. I need to take time for myself one way or another and you know have those breaks to imagine that I'm someplace I'm not because it's it's you know it's the vacation I need, but you know I'm here for the next two weeks. Um, or in this case, we are working from home and it's Corona time, so you know we can't go anywhere. I think there's a lot of things people can do. The first one is to make a decision that this is this is important to me. I value it. And then let yourself play with it. Allow yourself to take a moment and make sure you take five minutes to look at the sky or to find a tree to look at. Play nature sounds on your computer. There's certainly, that's how I got started was to listen, you know, put bird sounds on, find the sounds that you resonate with. 
get a plant. Lots of people are into plants these days. It, you know, everyone is, is going to have something else, something specific that they really love and perhaps miss deeply. And it's important to explore that and just spend a few minutes every day doing that or once a week journal. Certainly the classes that I offer help people dive in much more quickly and connect in a time-constrained situation. Um, but that being said, you know, go for walks if you can. Look at nature documentaries on, on TV. Some of them are really, really great and immersive in their own right and moving emotionally. Pictures, find a picture on the internet that you really resonate with. Let your imagination play with it. There's lots of ways. Yeah, I love that um, mm -hmm. idea of it being your own and mm -hmm. figuring out what makes the most sense for you. And, you know, I think the sound piece really resonated with me. And um, I've always been mm -hmm. a person that likes to fall asleep to like, like not noise machines that don't have like mm -hmm. ones that have sound, mm -hmm. nature sounds to it. Right. So mm -hmm. I've always been one of those people and I really enjoy that. And so I think that your experience has very much resonated, but you know, some people are more visual and looking at some images or a video of That's something right. might be more helpful. Um, and I, I think it's a really great learning too to walk away from this episode and for people to think, okay, how can I pay attention when I'm just outside? You know, people are outside, especially during this coronavirus time that might be the mm -hmm. only workout is to go for a run, right? Um, look around you, experience what's around you. There's going to be some element of nature, even if you're in the very dense city, look at the tree, look at the bird, look at the bug, the sky. Um, so I appreciate that, you know, it's really everywhere around yeah. you. Yeah. New York, we're, you know, we're in the process of spring unfolding. I know where you are, Patricia, it's probably less seasonal. I don't know if there are how things change exactly. I'm sure there's different flowers at different times of year. I just assume it's green by you all the time, except for when it's super hot. <laughs> New York. Oh, yeah, exactly. You do different, have different flowers. flowers. <laughs> That's true. Um, but if you're on the East Coast, if you're in a more seasonal place, pay attention to how the leaves are coming out. Every day you're going to notice something different. Or every other day you're going to notice changes. So um, pick something that draws your attention and pay attention. Didn't come to my work through this field, but there's a whole field of nature therapy. And if you want to go down that rabbit hole, you can explore all the different ways they recommend connecting with nature, ways that you can connect with yourself through nature. And there's all sorts of interesting nature-based exercises you could explore that way as well. Forest bathing. That's a really great tip. Forest bathing is another, oh, yeah. it's a whole other thing. I mean, essentially what I do is like a nature bathing with sound, I mean, I'm coming to the same result. You know, you take a moment and see how you're feeling and go through your own journey connected to nature. Um, but yeah, go out and bathe in the forest if you can. Utilize the senses that you have available to you. I mean, I've noticed when I go outside now with a mask, I can't really breathe in the full fresh air. And the air is fresher now. <laughs> Everything, and it's also much quieter now where I am. But so you play with the senses that you have available, but let them be heightened. Because especially if you're inside a lot, they're going to be kind of acclimated to your indoor environment. So as soon as you create any kind of change in your environment, notice that. I mean, part of it is just paying attention to the senses of you yeah. in your environment. Um, yeah, it seems like you have quite a good talent in doing that. And uh, I'm glad that you're reminding other people to... Um, 
clue into those because I think they go by the wayside too frequently. Um, so this has all been extremely fascinating. Um, I love uh, hearing and learning more about your journey. Um, before we move into our final fun question mm-hmm. that we think is fun, maybe you think it's fun. <laughs> um, what else do you think our listeners should know about the importance of nature, or about your work, or um, what else do you want people to walk away from that we haven't mentioned yet? One thing to, to mention is this is about nature. It is about you. It is about mindfulness. It's about self-care. Take time for yourself, even if it's five minutes, even if it's two minutes. Know that you're worth it. It's important to value you as an individual without any responsibilities to anyone else. I know, you know, some of us are parents. Some of us, you know, work 90 hours a week. But it is important to allow yourself the time to just be with yourself. And, you know, meditation speaks to that. Mindfulness speaks to that. Being in nature speaks to that. There's lots of ways. But ultimately, you know, the whole point is it comes back to you. I give you, (laughs) you don't need my permission. But in case you are looking for validation, I would say it's the best thing you could ever give to yourself um, and the people that you are supporting in your life, whether it's professionally or personally. I think that's a great tip. I think everyone needs that reminder. So thank you for that. Let's dive into that fun question. (laughs) Hopefully fun. Um, Right now, if you were to pick a natural setting that you could choose to visit or journey Mm -hmm. through anywhere in the world, what would you do today? Well, the one that's popping to mind, it's been on my mind recently, is the Grand Canyon. Have you been there? I have. I've been there a few times, um, but many years ago. And... It's such a different landscape. I also would fast forward to the peak of summer here and like, you know, green everywhere and everything humming. Um, upstate New York is gorgeous this time of year. But I think right now Grand Canyon is just so vast and it's a, it, it helps create perspective. I mean, a lot of, you know, when you go to the mountains or you're in a, in a vast landscape, it, it changes your perception very quickly. That was probably where I first really felt a deep connection with the earth and, you know, as an adult, I mean, as a kid, you're kind of just in the midst of everything. Um, but as an adult, you need that somehow to re- to, to circle back and be like, Oh yeah, this place is wild. And sometimes it's so beautiful. You don't know what to do about it. I, I was talking with a friend uh, a few months ago and they're like, yeah, sometimes places are just so gorgeous. It makes me so angry. I don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to process it. Just mind blowing. So I feel like the Grand Canyon would be amazing. I mean, really anywhere. I mean, I've been in my apartment for basically like the last six or seven weeks. Like I'm happy if I get to the park. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Anywhere right now would sound okay. But the Grand Canyon uh, Mm -hmm. is definitely a good choice. I've never been. um, So now based on this recommendation, I'll take you, Katina. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I'll I'll meet you there. I I would love (laughs) that. Yeah, good. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, what a great way to... uh, to end this episode then by planning a trip to the Grand Canyon together when quarantine's over. Um, and uh, we just thank you so much, Sharon, for being with us. This has been super awesome. Your classes are amazing. You're so welcome. Um, of course, we'll link to um, your uh, website in the show notes so anyone who's interested can uh, take a look. And we're just really grateful for your time and the wonderful yes. thing that you're putting out into the world. You're so welcome. One thing to mention is both Katina and Patricia came to one of our publicly scheduled classes. Currently, they're being offered four times a month. 
part of what I've structured is to support people on an ongoing basis. So you're not alone in this. We do offer uh, ways for people to engage with us more personally through a more intimate membership program, which gives access to these experiences on a weekly basis, several times a week if they want to really dive in and be supported. And I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you so much. That's really helpful. Yeah, I think it's good to know that there's lots of options. So we'll post all that in the show notes. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much to Sharon for joining us. We really love her business, Water Bear Planet. And if you want to learn more, you can just go into our show notes, find all the links to her pages. Her website is waterbearplanet.com. Pretty easy to remember, pretty easy to find. And we'd also love to hear from you. So if you want to reach out and talk to us about everything, um, we'd love that. We love your feedback. We love your comments. So please send us an email at contact at workerbeing.com. You can find us on social media at workerbeing on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can also find us on our website. More information, more details at workerbeing.com. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabarek and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Oh.